It's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful place. Now we're just going to live out the rest of our Christian life for that. And I think about it is I don't believe that that's usually the destiny that God has for you and I to get us to a place where it's just that all the questions have been answered. And many of you, how many of you right now, let me just see, how many of you right now that you're being called out of your comfort zone? Put your hand up. Look around, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? It, you have a lot of questions right now, don't you, probably? All right? And so we want to kind of work through today a little bit of when we're on this type of journey, what are the questions we need to ask? What are the things we need to realize about God, what God is doing? You know, there's a, um, there's a definition I brought up about a comfort zone. It's a place, situation, or level where someone fears, feels confident and comfortable. It's a pretty good definition, isn't it? The level at which one functions with ease and familiarity. That sounds like a comfort zone, doesn't it? But it's the very place that God continually calls you out of into a land that he will show you. Into a land that he will show you. You know, comfort, comfort can be the comfort that God is trying to bring you out of could be a thing that where you feel like I've, everything is provided for me. Everything is taken care of. You know? Cindy and I have found our place, ourselves in that place several times where the church was taking care of our needs as on staff and things like that. And then God calls, calls me out into a ministry where I raise all my support. And I just, just, I give up a nice salary, a comfortable salary, meeting all of my needs to a place where I don't know where the money's coming from. But it's a place that, that we walked into and I wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been walking into that place, going into the land that God would show me. Comfort can be something like that. It can be, it could be just a place that we, we don't want to be challenged anymore. We just, a place of the familiar type thing. So the thing about comfort is that comfort is okay until it hinders you from God's very best. Not we're, we're not, it's not, we're, we're preaching against comfort today. Because the Holy Spirit brings much comfort into our life. But it's a place where you have found that you were looking toward that thing which you were familiar with, that thing that you were at ease with, comfortable with, confident with. And God says, that's great, but I've got something better for you if you'll join me. And it's the thing as we cling on to that place of, place of a, the comfort, then, then there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. You know, that place of comfort could be that which God has done in your life. Comfort could always be the, go to the next slide, Dan. Yeah. It could be a spiritual comfort zone. It's that which we have experienced, maybe in revival or in the outpouring of the Spirit or experience that we've had with God. It's that thing we have experienced or have known well or have grown accustomed to that could hold the greatest danger and hindrance to you and I. It's the thing that we say, well, this is how God has done it. This is 
I've experienced this, I know this, or whatever. But yet God, I have found in 44 years walking as a Christian that very rarely does God always do it very, exactly the same way. Very rarely. And it's the very thing that you, you feel like that. You know, last time God healed me, I did this, I did that, or whatever. You do that again and nothing happens. You ever done, been there? And God does it in a different way, in a different manner. It's not a method. It doesn't come down to our little blueprint, and we've got it figured out. And we've put God in this great little box, you know, and we have figured God out. <laughs> how, how crazy that is. But God, as you look through the Bible, God is always calling people out of comfort, out of a place, the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and says, listen, what do I need to do? Because it was all about doing. He was about the law. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? So how does Jesus respond? Well, he responds from the law. He says, well, have you kept this law, that law? He says, I've kept them all. I'm perfect. I'm perfect in all the things that I do, did. And Jesus says, well, there's just one thing. This one thing that's keeping you into this wonderful place that you're in. And he says, it's the issue of your riches. And he says, I tell you to sell, give all your riches away. Follow me. And he says, you'll have riches that you never would dream of from heaven, from my kingdom. Now, the thing about it is that God never makes us come out of that place. He always brings us to a place of decision. This is what I'm offering you. Will you decide to follow me? That's exactly what he did with Abram. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. When he approaches Abram, he says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, he tells Abram. I will bless you, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Later on in that verse says, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed because of you. Now, the fact is, is that <clears throat> Abram had a choice. He had a decision to make. What was comfortable was what he had always known and what he had always heard for generation to generation to generation. You stay with family. You stay with family. You don't leave family. You stay with family. You grow together. You prosper together. You'll have a good life. You'll have a really good life. And the thing about it is that Abram and Sarah, they had a good life. They really did. They were well, they were already well off, rich because of the herds and things like that, because they had stayed with family. And here's God coming to Abram, and he's addressing the big comfort zone in Abram's life. And he said, listen, I'm calling you to leave family, to leave your father, and I'm going to lead you to a place, but I'm not going to tell you where it is. But if you do, you'll be blessed. Your family will be blessed. That everybody all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of this decision. Now, Abram could have said, God, that sounds good. 
you know, but don't quite know where that place is. Don't know if, if, if the land is going to be good for, for, our, for our flocks and things like that. Think I'll just stay here. And you know the thing about it, he probably could have just stayed right where he was at. Still probably would have had a really good life. But what he missed out on. What he missed out on. You read on about the life of Abram. It's amazing. All the things that God told him came true. That God called Abram my friend. It says in the Scripture that Abram was known as the friend of God. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't you love that people would write in their journals and would write in their books about you? And they said, you know, there's one thing I know, one thing that I know about Kim. Kim was a friend of God. Isn't that wonderful? What a great testimony. But here's Abram. God comes into covenant with Abram, promises him that, that through him all the nations will be blessed. It's an amazing story. Amazing thing. But he had a choice. Do I leave that which I am so familiar with to a place that I don't even know where I'm going? And you may feel exactly that way right now. You may feel exactly that way right now, that where God is leading you it's a lot of questions. So I'm going to tag team right now to Cindy here. Come on, baby. Thank you very much. I am going to invite you guys into a secret place with me. Yeah, it, yeah, it's on. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> and I guess it was about 2014, the Lord came to me and he asked me, he said, are you happy where you're at? Are you satisfied with your life? And, you know, I was, I, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I really like my life. I like who I am. I like where I'm going. I like, I'm satisfied. And about two days later, he came to me again and he said, are you satisfied where you're at? And, and I thought, uh-oh, okay, he's asking me again. I better really give this some thought, you know. And so I said, wait a minute, I don't want to answer this quickly. Let me think about this. Because usually when God asks you a question, it's going to really require something from you. And so I said, okay, you know, do I really want to step into something new at this point in my life? I don't know if I do or not. I think I am satisfied. So then a couple days later, he said, are you satisfied where you're at? And I said, God, you know I'm not. You know I want more. You know that I want to go higher. I want to go deeper. I want everything that you have for me. You know? And so... This really started me on a journey because just a, about a week after that, he introduced me to a group called um, the Company of Burning Hearts. And I was blown away by the things that those guys shared and the relationship that they have with God. And, and I thought, oh my goodness, I didn't know this existed. 
Because you know there's a verse that says you are in this world, but you're not of it. But you know what? I was living like I was of it. Even loving God, even following after God, I was still living like I was of the world. I, I, I was limited by the world. And so the Lord showed me that, that that was a place he wanted to draw me out of. And then another thing he did was he put in my heart a vision that he had given me way back when I was young, first came to him. And it was about a, a place called the refuge where I would, where Doug and I would live and, and we would just bring people in and they would be ministered to body, soul, and spirit. Just renewed, refreshed, just loved on. And, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. Okay, God, yeah, I want all this. I'm, I'm going to step into this. And he said, okay. He said, so now are you willing to allow me to show you the things that are hindering you from stepping into this? I said, well, sure, God, I'm, I'm always open to you showing me what's hindering me. You know, I mean, gosh, I've walked with him for years and years. I've gone through everything that came up, any kind of prayer counseling, um, every kind of ministry that I would, I was the first in line. Yeah, I want this. I want to be free. I want this. But the Lord showed me, he said, okay, he said, we've got to go a little deeper than you've ever gone before. He said, and I want to show you that he said, he said the, the main thing that's been hindering you he said, is fear. And, and I heard a definition of fear. I love this definition of fear. It is faith in the devil's ability to deceive you. And, and God said, see, when you were in your, when I knit you together in your mother's womb, I knit within you my DNA. He said, but when you were born into sin, he said, then what the devil started to do is he started to weave this net around you of deception. And he said, and you lived the whole first part of your life with that faith being built and all that deception and, and what you could not do, who you were not, what your limitations were. And so he said, so this brings me to what your issue is. He said, there is, um, it's, it's an illegitimate spirit about you. He said, it's a spirit of poverty and lack and it's an orphan thing. He said, now you think that you dealt with that. He said, but it goes really deep down on the inside of you. And he said, and that's what I want to get to. He said, because he said, when you operate in that thing, he said, you don't even know you're operating in it. He said, but when you do that, he said, then what you're trying to do is you're trying to get me to pour into an orphan thing. You're trying to get me to pour into that lack. And he said, it's like this black hole that can never be filled. He said, when are you ever going to be enough? When will you ever be able to do enough? 
And, you know, during that time I had this dream. And uh, in the dream, I was a head housekeeper in this beautiful mansion. I mean, I had my little uniform. I was just, had all these people that worked for me. It was amazing. And everything was ship-shape. Everything looked beautiful. And, and I remember these young people came in, and they knocked the curtains down off the wall. And I was so upset because it was like, now thing, I've got to get those curtains hung back up, you know. So I was getting everybody in line and making sure the curtains were hung up. And then I thought to myself, you know what? There's an opening in the stables, and my brother, now this is my brother whom I really love but is not walking with the Lord, and I've been praying for his salvation. I said, my brother loves horses. I'm going to call him and ask him if he wants this job. And I woke up, and immediately the Lord said, do you know a head servant is still a servant? He said, and servants beget, beget servants. He said, now, do you want to be a child in the house or do you want to be a servant? Because he said, a servant works for their wages. And they're worthy of their wages. He said, but a child owns everything the father has. And he said, do you understand? He said, I want to pull the curtains down. He said, because you don't have to wait until you've done enough or are good enough to get your wages from me. He said, the windows of heaven are always open to pour into you. Always open to pour into you. And so I was was listening to a lady. She was here, Kat Kerr. And she was talking about a time when she was in heaven. And, um, and she said she was looking into this mansion, and it was the mansion of a chef. And she said the kitchen was awesome. She said it was like everything that you could ever dream of in this amazing kitchen. And this chef was just working, and he was just making this meal And she said the thing that was so awesome about it, though, was that everything he touched and everything he did sent these musical notes up that she could see with her eyes. And she said it it, just just like an aroma, it traveled right into the throne of God and he would breathe it in. And he was just so happy. She said the look on God's face was so happy. And... And she said that he had found what his calling was. And I said, okay, God, that is so beautiful. I said, I want to, I said, can you maybe give me a scripture for that? And so the Lord led me to Psalm 28, 7. And I think that's, yeah. Uh, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices And with my song, I will praise him. Now, you know, this is not a song that you merely sing with your mouth. It's a song that can only come out as you step into the heart of daddy and let his song wrap around you and draw that DNA to the surface of who 
what he created you to be. And then it starts to sing. Then it starts to sing. And then I turned and right next to that was Psalm 30, 11 through 12, which we actually sang this morning. And it says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end. Now, he did that for this purpose. That my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. And then the common English version of that, I love this. It's verse 12 says, so that my whole being might sing praise to you and never stop. And that's what God wants. And he said, Cindy, are you willing to let me wrap my song around you to draw that out? He said, you know, the thing that's going to happen, though, before your true song comes out, those fears are going to start coming to the surface. And, and you know they have over the last two years. They really have. The fears, the insecurities, those things have started coming to the surface. But you know, it's like, it's like every time I step into the heart of God, which I do all the time now, stepping into that heart, and I hear his heartbeat, and his heartbeat becomes that song. And all of a sudden, I realize, wow, my heart is starting to beat with his. I'm starting to feel that, that beat of his heart. And God, I want every one of those fears gone. I don't want there to be one note that's off that beat within me. So I want each of you to be prepared because at some point today, tomorrow, or next week, you're going to hear this still, small voice. And it's going to say, are you satisfied with where you are? You know, we're only responsible <clears throat> for the things that we hear. So uh, Cindy's, little, Cindy's testimony, her, her sharing, well, you've heard now, okay? You've heard. I really believe that, you know, as we you know, I asked earlier, how many of you felt like they, or feel like that God is calling you out of where you've been into something that, that he is wanting to define for you? And so many of you, lifted your hands. I really believe that this word this morning is not just for individuals, but it's for our church. I really believe that. I, I know that uh, just the things that God is doing, he is, he's transitioning so much. It's just amazing, you know, and, uh, and most of you that know me, you know that I like to be in a place where there's, there's order, <laughs> you know, everything's in line, all my ducks in a row. And, but God keeps killing all my ducks, you know, they're not in a row anymore. And, but God is doing something powerful in our midst. I really believe that. Amen. I really believe that he is saying, he's saying, are you satisfied? 
Are you satisfied? You know, I have more for you, but it, but it will it, you'll, it will cause that you'll have to sacrifice to step into that. It really is, you know, because you've got to let go of some of the old ways. You've got to let go of some of the old thinking. And you've got, to, you've got to move into a new place that you are not yet familiar with. I think that's the hard thing is that we strive and strive and strive to find that place that is comfortable, familiar, that we're confident in or whatever. And God is doing everything he can to bring us into our destiny. And bringing us into our destiny is, and coming into that place is not exactly the same. Now, along the way of the journey, we will, we, will, we will visit those little places along the way. But when God says, okay, have you enjoyed it? It's been good? All right, great. Well, we, we're, getting, we're getting ready to go on a great adventure now. You know, and it's the great adventure that I love. I'll tell you, we, we just have a few minutes left. And what I'd like to do is leave you with four thoughts. Okay, four principles, I call them. Willingness to be let out. Faith being used outside your comfort zone. Just keep moving. And remember the true essence of your faith. These things are things that, that I've, I've seen over and over and over again that I need to remember. I need to remember, and I believe that we all do. You know, as God brings you to that place and he questions you and he brings you to a point of decision, just like it did Abram, just like it did the disciples when he called them out of that which they were, they knew of their fishing and things like that, Matthew of his tax collecting. And he said, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I want to bring you to a place to be with me. Will you come? And he's asking us again. Will you be with me? Will you be with me? And that willingness to be let out has got to be a, got to be something so strong in our life. We say yes, we want to be let out, but then the fear begins to come in, the unknown becomes come in. What risk is it going to be for me if I walk this path? Because there will be risk. You know. What, uh, what, what impossibilities will I face? Because you will face them. But I'm going to tell you, the victory that when you come on the other side of them, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. So a willingness to be let out. God will not take you where there's an unwillingness to go. He won't make you. He won't pull on you. He won't push you. He will simply invite you. He will simply say, will you follow me? Really, I think it comes down to a question of trust. It's just simple trust. It's where our faith steps in. Every invitation for God to leave our comfort zone is a simple but profound request by God to trust Him. Every journey that He's taking you on, every place that He's calling you out of, God is saying, listen, I see something that you can't see right now. I see the glory. I see the amazing testimonies. 
I will see, I see the lives that will change because you take this step, because you go this path. I see it all. I understand you don't see anything right now. But will you trust me? Will you trust me? That simple, very simple request will happen again and again and again and again and again in our lives. And really it comes down to the thing, God, I love you, I love you, I love you. But he says, do you trust me? Trust me, trust me. You know, we realize, well, I think I do. Well, God said, well, for you to step out, this this is what it's going to require of you. Well, I'm not sure about that now. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, just like he promised Abram, Abram, if you trust me, if you trust me, you're going to be blessed. Your family's going to be blessed. All the families in the earth will be blessed because you made this one decision to step out into a land that I will yet show you. I'll tell you, there are amazing things that God has yet to show you and I. A willingness to be led out. Secondly, our faith. Our faith is such a precious thing, such an important thing, but it really is meant to be lived outside your comfort zone. Where your faith really shines, where it really becomes like true riches is when you're, when you're utilizing that faith outside your comfort zone. Because I want to tell you, when you know all the answers, when you have all the provision, you know everything, you're at ease with everything, you're familiar with everything, what faith does it really take for you to remain in that place? But when God calls you out to another place, God calls you into something you've never done before. God says, listen, I want to use you in this way at harvest, and you go, I've never done that before, God. God says, okay, it's all right, because I will show you. I will show you. One thing that's important, he told Abraham, he said, I will make you into this. There's a making that God does in all of our lives. And there's a making that God is doing right now in you and I. Faith outside your comfort zone. I tell you, faith operates in a realm where God wants you to be. It's like faith is your corrective lenses for the impossibilities. When you look at the impossibilities, you see something. Usually you see yourself not able to, see yourself fearful, see yourself like the 12, <coughs> the 12 spies going into the promised land. We look like grasshoppers. But when you put your, your faith on, All of a sudden, you can see clearly. You see clearly how God wants you to see. It's pushing you out of your nest. I love this about A.W. Tozier. I was reading one of his books last week, and he says this about faith. Every benefit flowing from the atonement of Christ comes to the individual through the gateway of faith. Think about that. Forgiveness, cleansing, regeneration, the Holy Spirit, all answers to prayer are given to faith and received by faith. I love this when he says, there is no other way. Boy, do we sure try to find another way, don't we? Man, we strive and strive to find another way. 
But I love this because he says that, that all these things are given to faith and received by faith. There is no other way. Your journey is all about a school of faith for you. You are in a brand new school of building your faith so that you will be transformed from glory to glory that you will look like him. Take that faith, that trust to do that. What's another thought that comes to me when we're in this place of moving out of something into something is just keep moving. Don't stop. How many things have we gotten almost there and we stopped out of frustration, out of discouragement, out of what we, we can't see with the eyes of faith, and we are at the doorstep of change, a breakthrough, and we stop. If there's one thing that I've learned, and I think ministry has been the great teacher for me, there's been so many times, guys, I've wanted to stop. I can't tell you. So many times of disappointment that would come in. God, I didn't, I didn't realize that this would have to happen. Why did that have to happen, God? So many things along the way of these last, even just here in Richmond, of 16 years. I can't believe we've been here for 16 years. But one thing I've learned is just don't stop moving. This amazing journey that God has for you and I is lined with the unfamiliar, lined with fear, lined with sacrifice, failure, and risk. Just keep going. I love this passage out of Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 16. You're all familiar with it, but I'm reading it out of the Message Bible because I like how it says it. This is Peter or Paul speaking about moving forward. And he says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I haven't made, but I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal. Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, I'm often running and I'm not turning back. I love that. And he finishes this passage this way. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. How many of that is that, that's us today? Want everything that God has for us. If any of you have something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You, you'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Isn't that great? I love that. In the King James and NIV and ESV and all of those say it in wonderful ways, but I, I love the way that this is, is said. Faith will require you to keep moving into a place many times that's uncomfortable for you. There was a moment when Peter first engages the Lord the first time. And it's in his boat, if you remember. In Luke, I believe chapter 5, I believe, Luke chapter 5, that 
Jesus is at the shoreline, if you remember. The crowds are pressing in, and he, he needs to be able to have a little bit of space to preach. And so he comes to Peter. Peter's coming in from a night of fishing, haven't caught anything. Uh, you know, that happens often to professional fishers that P Peter was. And, and Jesus said, can I use your boat? Uh, he's tired, wanting to just get home probably, wanting to get a fish fillet sandwich, something like that. But okay, I'll do this. So he pushes off from the shoreline and Jesus preaches. And I'm sure it doesn't say this, but I'm sure that Peter hears words he's never heard before. Peter sees something in this man that is sharing about the kingdom of God that he's never heard before. And all these thoughts, because they come out later, all these thoughts about who he is and his failures and his sins. Because it comes out later when he tells the Lord, you just need to get away from me because I'm a sinner. Well, that didn't happen. You know, thank God. But Jesus finishes preaching, and he turns to Peter. And he says, hey, where's your fish? Peter said, we didn't catch any. All night, man, all night long. We were out there. We didn't catch anything. It was a terrible, terrible night. I'm just tired. I want to go home. And Jesus says, well, I'll tell you what. If you will launch out into the deep, if you'll launch out into the deep, he says, there's fish waiting on you. And I'm sure Peter's just saying, we've just been there. There are no fish, Jesus. You're a carpenter. What would you know about fishing? You know, go build a table, you know, or something like that. Leave me to my fishing. But you know the, the wonderful thing about it is Jesus was calling him out. He says, nevertheless, at your word, I will put down my net. Jesus says, Peter, will you launch out into the deep? Who is he saying this morning? Will you launch out into the deep? Will you launch into the deep where it's not known? Now, I'll tell you, he, Jesus will ask you that question over and over and over again. Will you launch out? Jack, you're launching out, baby. You know, you're launching out. Many of you don't know that Jackie is running for Congress, and uh, she only had a certain amount of time to get enough signatures to get put on the ballot, and she got her signatures. Praise God. Huh? Yeah, waiting them for them to be certified, but I'm sure they will be. <clears throat> again and again, Jesus will ask you, will you let down your net on the other side? And your response needs to be, nevertheless, nevertheless. <laughs> I think I know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> nevertheless, I will do what you ask me. And when I tell you, 
when you, when you do that, when you follow through in that way, nevertheless, God will do phenomenal things. Oh, phenomenal things. One last thing I want you to remember is this. The true essence of your faith does not rest upon your ability. The true essence of your faith rests upon the character, power, and the ability of God to do what he has called you to do. Isn't that great? Isn't it wonderful when God says, I'm calling you to do something you've never done before. It's impossible for you to do. You can't do it. But good news is that I can, and I will do it for you. I mean, how difficult is it to believe that when God brings everything to us? He does everything to us. I want to um, leave you with this. One more quote by A.W. Tozier about where our faith, where our faith rests. It says, true faith rests upon the character of God and asks no further proof than the moral perfections of the one who cannot lie. Wow. I think this man knows what he's talking about. It is enough that God said it, and if the statement should contradict every one of the five senses and on all the conclusions of logic as well, still the believer continues to believe. You will be challenged with this over and over again. Well, this is what it looks like. This is what I feel. This is what I've experienced in the past, whatever it may be. If God said it, it's done. Let God be true, but every man a liar is the language of true faith. Heaven approves such faith because it rises above mere proofs and rests in the bosom of God. Amen? Four things to remember. Always have a willingness to be let out. Your faith is meant to be utilized outside your comfort zone. When you're moving and you encounter barriers along the way, just keep moving. And remember the true essence of your faith. Can we all stand up? Baby, come up here, honey. Cindy and I just want to pray over you, okay, this morning. Because I know that many of us are in the exact place that we're talking about today. That exact place of coming, you're stepping out of the familiar place into something that's very unfamiliar. And I welcome that. I welcome that for our church. I welcome that for our leadership. I welcome that for our people because I tell you, as we keep moving in that direction, man, glor- glorious times are coming. We've experienced some glorious times in this place, but it's nothing like what God has for us. It's nothing. So, Father, I pray right now, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Wherever each one is at today, you're there with them. where they have encountered fear, we thank you, Lord God, that your truth will shine through. Because it says it's your truth that will set us free. It's the truth of your word, the truth of what you have said that triumphs everything, that trumps everything. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for those that are all on the way of this journey and they've encountered mountains and 
barriers along the way. Father, I pray that you would give them the grace to keep moving and not give up. To keep moving. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is happening. Father, and I pray, Lord God, for us as Harvest Rindle Church. Father, that you will lead us into our destiny. Not into the place where, as a church, we have enough money, we have enough ministry going on, people's lives are being taken care of. God is so much more than that. You have so much more for us. God, that we would never settle for what is good and what is okay and what is familiar. But God, we would yearn and desire and burn in our hearts, God, for your very best. The more, the more of God. So Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you this morning that God, that you're bringing faith, you're bringing encouragement, you're bringing instruction to each one here. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray, Lord, that every, in the heart of every believer here, Lord, that you would just start watering, just start watering those seeds that you knit on the inside of us. Just start watering until, Lord, they just cut, they overflow our hearts. Lord, where they become bigger than everything else that stands in the way. God, I thank you that every circumstance, every situation, Lord, that rises up in our midst and says no to us, that, Lord, we'll use that as a vehicle to get where you're leading us, that it will not be a stumbling block to us, but it will be a vehicle that leads us straight into your purposes, Lord, straight into your heart. God, I pray that each person here will find that secret place with you because, God, that is the starting point of everything. Is that time with you hearing your heart, hearing the song of your heart and letting it meld with us and draw that song out of us. I just thank you for that day. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a moment and just... I know we've gone over just a little bit this morning, but take a minute, minute, just between you and the Father. Anything that you want to say to Him this morning. Maybe you need to tell Him, I, I do trust you. I trust you. Forgive me in the times that I don't. But God, I want to, I want to move. God, I want to journey to the place where I trust you all the time with my life my future my destiny and my legacy I trust you with it just receive receive from the Lord this morning thank you Father thank you where you're leading us God thank you that you're leading us to the land that you will show us the land that you will show Thank you, Father.